All right. First Samuel chapter 27, verse number 1. In Acts chapter 13 and verse number 22. All right. Good to be in the Lord's house this morning. If you've got your place, say amen. And David said in his heart, I shall now perish one day by the hand of Saul. There is nothing better for me than I should speedily escape into the land of the Philistines. Saul shall despair of me to seek me any more in any coast of Israel, so shall I escape out of his hand. Acts chapter 13 and verse 22, the Bible says, And when he had removed him, he raised up again them David to be their king, to whom also he gave testimony and said, I have found David, the son of Jesse. Notice how God describes him. A man after mine own heart, which shall fulfill all my will. The question and the title this morning is this. What happened to the man after God's own heart. What happened to him? First Samuel 27 1, he's a man fleeing. But Acts said he was a man after God's own heart. So what happened to him? If you'll give me a good listening this morning, I believe I can help you. It's my desire to help you today. I pray you'll listen intently. Let's pray and ask the Lord to help us. David Buchanan, how about you praying? Amen. You may be seated. David was to be the next king of Israel. Samuel, the old man of God, had come and anointed him for that office. The next thing you know, he's playing the harp for the king. He's killed Goliath with a sling and a stone. He's made the captain over a thousand men. He marries the king's daughter and his best friend is the king's son. Every event, everything in his life seemed to bring him closer to the day in the throne where he would begin to be king. Then things began to happen. Cracks began to appear in the life he enjoyed. He fell out of favor with the king. Got so bad, the king threw javelins at him and tried to kill him. His relationship with his wife came to an end. 
And he was forbidden to have any relationships with Jonathan or fellowship with Jonathan. He's now a fugitive running for his life from an insane king who had determined to kill him. Yet even as he is running for his life, he still shows great character. He spares Saul when he could have killed him, could have put a spear through him, but chose not to. He shows compassion when he could have destroyed. And he even continues to seek God's direction for his life. But then one day something changed. It looks like God has forsaken him. He becomes discouraged, disillusioned, and finds himself trapped in a pit of hopelessness. And during this time, he makes a foolish decision that altered the course of his life. Brought him trouble that he could never imagine and left him broken spiritually. Now I have to ask, where is the giant killer? Where is the preacher boy that would never sell out a standard? Where is the young shepherd boy that killed the bear and the lion? Has he forgotten his bear story and his lion story? Where is the young man that stood against a, 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 a massive man called Goliath and cut his head off with his own sword? Well, preacher, he got discouraged and disillusioned. Yeah, I, I understand that. But give up on God's plan for his life. I mean, his decision will produce some very serious consequences in his life. David gives up on God's plan. David decides that God's plan has failed. And so David takes his life in his own hands and begins to live as he wanted to live. And then this morning, I would like to take David's life and point out where he went wrong. What we can expect when we make those decisions. Everybody needs to look this way for just a moment. God will give you the right of choice. Every person has the right of choice. But understand this. You don't get a choice to the consequences. You do not get a choice of the consequences. But then I want to show you how David picked himself up, put the pieces back together, and got back to God. First of all, number one, the reasons for David's decision. And David said in his heart, 
I shall now perish one day by the hand of Saul. And there is nothing better for me than I should speedily escape into the land of the Philistines. The Philistines were the arch enemy of God, if you will. They, they were always, they were always the enemy of God. Understand that the Philistines were always the enemy of God. And Saul shall despair of me to seek me any more in any coast of Israel. So shall I escape out of his hand. Notice something. David trusted the wrong claim. David makes a bold statement here. David said in his heart, I shall now perish one day by the hand of Saul. When you're discouraged, when you're disillusioned, that sounds like a good statement. But David, may I remind you that God has done told you you would be king. Hey, David, can I remind you, God has done told you what he was going to do in your life, and Saul couldn't have killed him no matter what he had chosen to do. But David made the claim. He's talking to himself and said in his own heart, Saul's going to kill me. Saul's going to kill me. Instead of turning to God in prayer, as he had done so often before, now he makes a bold claim. David said in his heart, I shall now perish one day by the hand of Saul. See, when we get disillusioned and discouraged, we begin to make things bigger than what they really are. We make, we make, we make individuals bigger than what they really are, not understanding that we serve a thrice holy God. We serve a God that has all things under control. Amen. David believed the wrong claim. David believed the wrong counsel. David claimed with his heart. He immediately forgot all the promises the Lord had made him. 1 Samuel 16, when the Lord said to Samuel, How long wilt thou mourn for Saul, sin I've rejected him? From reigning over Israel, fill thine horn with oil and go, and I will send thee to Jesse's the Bethlehemite, for I have provided me a king among his sons. The promise was confirmed by Jonathan in 1 Samuel 23 17, confirmed by Abigail in 1 Samuel 25 30, and confirmed by Saul himself in chapter 24 20. And now behold, I know well that thou shalt be king, and the kingdom of Israel shall be established in thine hand. See, he, he, he listened to the wrong thing. And all these plump people are forgotten when David begins to listen to his own heart. David had forgotten. And all my, may I say this morning, if you're not careful, we can forget this. God is a sovereign God who's in total control of all things past, present, and future. Psalms 135, 6. Whatsoever the Lord pleaseth, that did he in heaven and in earth and seas and all deep places. I want you to know we serve a great God. He is sovereign in all things. And David had forgotten that. Now that's not blew him out. A lot of good, godly people in days gone by have forgotten that. Boy, the devil gets you to place of discouragement and disillusion. 
that we get to looking around instead of looking up. Start making this thing bigger than this thing up here. Amen. When we can start looking down here and get discouraged, we need to start looking up and realize that the he- God's still on the throne. He's still ruling and reigning. He's still God, and He hadn't changed. He's not in heaven saying, uh-oh, what are we going to do? David reached the wrong conclusion. Not only, not only did he trust the wrong claim, and believed the wrong counsel, but he reached the wrong conclusion. He decided, now don't you listen, he decided, I'm going to be better off to run to the arch enemies of God than staying with God. He believed that running to the arch enemies of God was better than staying with God. Proverbs 28, 20, He that trusteth his own heart is a fool. He realized that if I do this, and there's multitudes of us sitting here, we need to understand this. Well, I want you, he, he's saying, well, God's failed me. God didn't do what he promised to do. So I'm going to go back to the world. I'm going to go back to the enemies. I'm going to go back to what I used to. And I want you to be reminded, if God has saved you out of that, you can't go back to that. Amen. Amen. God changed you. You're not the same and they're not the same. You try to go back, you'll just find it's a hopeless place. But he thought he could go. He thought he made the wrong conclusion that I'd be better off to go to the Philistines, go to the Philistines, then I would to go to God. Now, I, I don't want to hurt your feelings, but some of you believe you'd be better off to go to the internet to find your answers, to, to, to the Facebook, instead of getting your face in this book. Oh, it's amazing. It's amazing. So that was the reasons for David's decisions. Please don't boo him out. I must say, I've made the same decisions at times. I look back on my life, I've made some of the same decisions. Time of discouragement and disillusionment. If you're not careful, if you're not careful, you'll make the wrong decision. And you get a right. Everybody gets a right to that decision. A lot of people decide, well, we find another church. I'm going to tell you something. Most of the time, another church is not the answer to your problem. The the answer to your problem is getting God. If you get to God, you'll get the answer. Notice the results of David's decision. And David arose and passed over with 600 people, 600 men that were with him unto Achish, the son of Makok, the king of Gath. Notice, first of all, the people that were affected. And David dwelt with Achish at Gath, he and his men, every man with his household, even David with his two wives, Ahinam the Jezreelite, and Abigail the Carmelite, Nabal's wife. Here is a man. He's discouraged. He's disillusioned. And he says, man, Saul's going to kill me. 
I'm telling you what, I'm better off to, to go to the Philistines. They hate God, but Saul won't pursue me there. So he's a man in leadership and 600 families follow him into this place. Wow. Wow. Hear me and hear me well. Romans 14, 7. For none of us liveth to himself and no man dieth to himself. When you, instead of going to God, seek the wrong counsel, the wrong direction, make the wrong decision, you settle this. You'll take somebody with you. You won't go alone. They never went alone. He took 600 families. Can you imagine? All those people were brought into a place of compromise and temptation because one man listening to his heart instead of listening to the Lord. Look down the aisle where you sit. You can choose to make a decision for yourself. But who are you taking with you? Who's going along for the ride? I praise God we got a lot of families in our church, a lot of young families, and a lot of families entwined together. We got grandpas and grandmas. We got moms and dads. We got sons and daughters. We got grandsons and granddaughters. And they're all kind of intertwined together. You go, who goes with you? Now, I'm going to tell you, just, I'm just going to be very blunt, and I, I know I am. But God help you. The greatest gift I have here this morning is not because I'm a pastor, not because I had to preach. The greatest gift I have is my children, my family sitting in front of me this morning. Greatest gift, hands down. Money can't buy it. Priceless. Priceless to me. He was a man that brought husband and wife and he stepped out of God's will. And when they, when they refused to listen to God, he was literally bringing the end. 600 families he affected. Not only the people were affected, but notice the pattern of life, David's life was affected. And Achish said, Whether have you made roads today? In other words, David, where have you and your army destroyed for me? And David said, against the south of Judah, against the south of Jeremiah, uh, against the south of Kenites. And David saved neither man nor woman alive to bring tidings to Gath, saying, as thou should tell us, said, so did David, so will be his manner after a while he dwelt in the land of the Philistines. Here's what David was doing. David was in the land of Philistines destroying the, the people in the land of the Philistines and lying to the king. He's telling the king he's doing something. He's destroying 
the Philistines while he's in the land. Sounds good. Sounds like he's trying to do right. But he's lying to the king. See, he was not being absolutely honest. David lived with a sense of security. Notice what he said. And it was told Saul that David was fled to Gath, and he sought no more again him. So David thought, okay, I'm in the enemy's territory. I'm running with the wrong crowd. I'm aligning myself with the enemy, and I'm safe. I'm safe. He tells the king there, Achish, if I have now found grace in thy sight, let me a place in some town in the country that I may dwell there, for why should I serve dwell in the royal city with thee? See, David was doing what he would never, never do before. He was murdering, lying, all of this stuff he was doing David would never have done. But because he's put himself there, he murdered, he lied, submitted himself to the enemy of God. And so David stayed there 16 months. 16 months. And the time that David dwelt in the country of the Philistines was a full year and four months. 16 months. It's something's interesting there. I noticed there are no psalms. David writes no psalms while he's in this place. You know why? When you get in this place, the devil will take your song. He'll take your voice. Take your song. Oh, I'm not talking about just singing. I know about something in your heart. Takes a song. He'll take a song from you. There's no songs ever written during his time in his life. The sweet singer of Israel had lost his voice. 1 Corinthians 15, 33. Be not deceived. Evil communications corrupt good manners. But notice not only, not only did the people were affected, the pattern of David's life was affected, but notice something else. The peace of David's life was affected. Someone has said, sin will take you further than you want to go, keep you longer than you want to stay, and cost you more than you ever want to pay. David lost something. Would you listen to me now? Would you listen to me? Oh, you need to hear this. You need to hear this. David lost his identity. David lost who he was. David's in the bad place. He's in the wrong place. He unites with Philistines to do battle with the people of Israel. And he's lost his identity. He's, he's the giant killer. He's a shepherd boy on the hillside looking into heaven and saying, Lord, why art thou mindful of us? He's a, he's a sweet psalmist of he's a, He's looking into heavens and saying, he said, you're my shield and my buckler. And he, he's singing and praising him. But now he's lost his identity. 
He used to sing at the house of God. He used to teach at the house. He used to preach at the house of God. But now, he's no longer there. He's lost his identity. He unites with the enemy of God to fight against God's people. Notice what he said. Chapter 29, verse 3. Then said the prince of Philistine, they're going against Israel. Why do these Hebrews hear? Naked said in the prince of the Philistines, Is not this David, the servant of Saul, the king of Israel, which hath been with me these days or these years? And I have found no fault in him since he fell uh, to me unto this day. He said, David's been here. David's one of, hey boys, David's one of us. He's just like one of us. He, he's one of the people. He, he's one of the bananas and part of the bunch. He's one of us. He's proven. Then one of the leaders of Achish's army stood, is not this David of whom they sang one another in dances, saying, Saul slew his thousands, and David his ten thousands. I mean, is this not the one? Even the enemy said, we don't want him. We don't want him. He, he, no. We don't want him. And I want you to see how far David has literally fallen. The future king of Israel gravels at the pagan king's feet and declares himself to be his servant. And David said in Achish, listen to what he says. But what have I done? And why hast thou found in thy service so long as I have been with thee into this day that I may not go fight against the enemies of my Lord the King? Are you kidding? My Lord the King? You're the Philistines. You're the enemy. You're the devil-sponsored crowd. And you calling him? My Lord, the King? Man. And then finally, the leaders of the Achish's army said, He ain't going with us. And Achish looks at him and said, David, I'm sorry. He said, you're just going back to Ziglag? He said, they're not going to let you go, David. So you're just going back to Ziglag? And everything will be all right. So David and his army heads back. And as they head back, they get closer to the city. All of a sudden, David finally reaps the harvest of the wickedness he's sown. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. Take it to the bank. Me, you, regardless. As he comes to Ziglag, someone said, Do you see that smoke? Do you see that smoke? 
So the horses began to prance a little faster. Now they're at a dead run. And it came to pass when David and his men will come to Ziglag on the third day, that the Amalekites had invaded the south and Ziglag and smitten Ziglag and burned it with fire and had taken the women captives that were therein. They slew not any, either great or small, but carried them away and went on their way. So David... And his men came to the city, and behold, it burned with fire, and their wives and their sons and their daughters were taken captives. Then David and his people that were with him lifted up their voices and wept till there was no more power to weep. Can you imagine 600 brawny, strong soldiers weeping till they can't weep no more because of what's taking place? They come in, they took everything they had, the wives, their children. I want you to see something here that I want you to notice. We read it, but we passed right over it, but we shouldn't. Notice what they say. They slew not any. They slew not any. Yet, you don't understand that verse. These Amalekites went in. They would take the children, grab them by the feet, slam their head against the wall and bust their head like watermelons. They would murder everybody, every man, woman, boy. They just slaughtered them. Why didn't they hear? Why didn't they hear? Because there's a holy God in heaven that said, don't you kill a one of them. Don't you touch a one of them. You carry them away captive for now, but don't you touch a one of them. I, hallelujah! We got a God that's in control. He said, don't you slew a one of them. So they took them. I can see an old soldier pull his knife to take and cut the throat of one, and the leader said, whoa, stop! We're not going to kill a one of them. We're taking them all with us. And they wept. David, can you imagine the scene? Soldiers weeping. These ain't wimps. This is not a bunch of pansies here. These were David's mighty men. And they're weeping till they got no more power to weep. No more tears. Their eyes are swollen. Their faces are red. David is among those weeping. He finally reaches bottom. It's David's fault. It's David's fault. It's David's fault. And as the rumor goes through the army, all of a sudden, Men decide to talk. It's David's fault. It's always the leader's fault. It's always the preacher's fault. We ought to get him. The Bible says he's at the bottom. Notice what the Bible says. And David was greatly distressed, for the people spake of stoning him, because the soul of all the people was grieved. Every man for his sons. Every man for his sons. And uh, uh, and his daughters, and 
David for his sons and his daughters. Now, 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 David's on the bottom. Everybody around him is going to stone him. Now. We see the reasons. We see the results. But I want to show you the best part of this story. I want to show you the best part. The recovery from David's decision. God's on the throne. He's watching everything that's going on. But David. But David. But David didn't look around him now. He ain't looking to himself. But encouraged himself in the Lord. He's looking up now. I want to tell you something. When you start looking up, you can get some help. And David inquired at the Lord, saying, Shall I pursue after this troop? Shall I overtake them? And he answered him, Pursue, for thou shalt surely overtake them, and without fail recover some of it, a part of it. Is that why it says? All. Now when God says all, what's it mean? All. Amen. Notice, thank God, David's story doesn't stop in his results. And this morning, God has a plan for you. Notice, David repented before the Lord, but David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. He finally hit bottom. David looks towards the heaven. His gaze is heavenward one more time. And David, one of the reasons God could help David, King David, could never help Saul because David was always ready to repent when he was found out. He would repent, say, God, I've sinned against you. See, until you get him to the place you recognize you've sinned against God and God only, you can never go anywhere with God. He just won't go with you. He repented before the Lord. He repented. He ain't no fake stuff here. He's on the bottom. I mean, he's got nowhere else to go. His mighty men are going to stone him and he looks into heaven and guess what? Aren't you glad when I've made a mess of things and I'm flat on the bottom, God's still on the throne where he was when I started. Aren't you glad he's not asking in the stone while you're out here doing crazy, foolish stuff. He's still right in the place he always was. Aren't you glad of that? You looked at God this morning and you know what? He's still there. You know what he's doing? What's he doing? What's God doing? He's waiting on David. He's waiting on David. Some of you, I don't know how to put it more clear. Some of it may be just really blunt, really blunt. Some of us are so hard-headed. So hard-headed. We'll leave the service today knowing we're not right. 
and we won't repent. Now, that's the truth. I mean, it's okay to say amen. You know I'm telling you the truth. And if you, if you, did, you say, no, then you're probably the one. Just so hard-headed, we won't repent before a holy God. And you know how much God loves you? You know how much he does? Now, I'll tell you what. He's not going to grab you by the hair of the head and drag you down here and put your nose in the altar and make you repent. Just forget it. He's not going to do that. But you know what he'll do? He'll just stand right over here and he'll just wait on you. And without God, guess what we'll do? We'll make matters worse. And we'll make a mess out of it. And we'll just wait on us till we get to the bottom. He waited on David till Achish didn't want him. Their army didn't want him. Here's a man. He don't fit in at the Philistines. He don't fit in Israel. His mighty men are going to stone him to death. He's lost his family, his kids. He's lost everything he's on. He's down on, he's on his face. And God said, I'm just waiting on you. Now, I, I, you say, preacher, I, I don't believe that happens. Then that goes to show you that you ain't got there yet. Are you listening? You ain't got there yet. You ain't got there, but you will get there. Hang on, you'll get there. Oh, he got there, and he repented. Now I know what he's doing. He's doing what he should have done at the first. Now I want you to listen to me. God's not change his business for you or me. He, if he'd done this in the beginning, David said, Abithar the priest... Ahimelech's son, I pray thee bring me the ephod. And Abiathar brought hither the ephod to David. You know what he's doing now? He's relying on God. He's relying on God. You know what he should have done? While Saul's a dog in him, he's telling himself this crazy stuff. You know what he should have done? Should have looked to heaven, said, Lord, Saul's going to kill me, but I'm going to trust you to take care of me. Had he done that, he wouldn't have been here. You can dismiss whatever you want to dismiss this morning. But when you start dismissing God out of your life, you're, you're asking for trouble. David said, By thought, bring me the ephod. That was their means of praying and asking God what we'd do. He had said, Lord, shall I pursue the troop? Now. He's not saying, Mount the army, boys, we're going to go. He's not doing that. He's saying, Lord, Shall I pursue the troop? Shall I overtake them? And you know what the Lord said? By the time you ask me, I believe God, I believe God with his youngins is waiting on us to ask. He's just, he just waiting on us to ask him. 
It's about time you asked me, David. Oh, yes, sir, go get them. And he said, David, I promise you something. I'll not let them Philistines kill one of your family or take none of your stuff. He said, you're going to get to recover all. I mean, down to the last thimble, they recovered all. He said, David, yes, I've been waiting on you. David, I've been waiting on you. I've been waiting on you to get back here. He said, I've been, I've been praying. I've been seeking you. But you just, you just determined. I'm going to do my own thing. Nobody will tell I'm going to do my own thing. God says, now, now, go get them. And then David repented. David relied upon the Lord. And thus David returned. When David hears what the Lord would have him to do, he doesn't hesitate. Well, Lord, you reckon maybe I should? No. But he goes out immediately. First John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. David had been out of God's will for 16 months. God's answer is swift, sure, and accurate. God doesn't stutter. If you ask him and you wait till you get the answer, it'll be clear what you need to do. David, regardless of how smart we may be, regardless of how long we've been saved, regardless of how we may climb on the spiritual ladder, where every one of us, every one of us, every one of us are capable of making foolish decisions. In our life. I don't care if you've been saved 25 years. Every one of us put in the right place at the right time can make foolish decisions. This morning, may a group of people... Now, some of you need to repent. Now, don't, don't quit hee-hawing around. just need to repent. Some of you need to rely. You need to get back to trusting. You're, you're worrying yourself to death. You're worrying yourself to death about things that God doesn't want you to worry about if you just rely on Him and you need to return back to the Lord. Let's all stand to our feet. Every head bowed and every eye closed.